Are you clicked on the link? Ang. Ang. <laughs> well, welcome to episode 10. I'm discussing our evil people crazy. Does immorality and insanity go hand to hand? Does it not? Does it do? Does it will? Yeah, and I thought this would be an interesting topic to start again. Actually, I did a poll on Twitter and I did a poll on my WhatsApp status to see which episode you guys want me to start off part two of season one, I suppose. Uh, after my very long vacay, I'm sorry for that. Uh, so this was what the, this is the episode that got the most votes. Are evil people crazy? Without any further ado, let's get into this. Thank you for clicking on the link. Before we jump into today's topic, uh, which is Are Evil People Crazy? I feel like there are a few new things that I want to inform you about, um, content-related, content-related, so as to allow you guys to keep track of what it is I'm doing, uh, what it is to expect, and the flow of things. So generally now, the podcast is going to have four different new themes. Um, the first one is called Amateur Philosophy which will revolve around me discussing philosophical topic and just, you know, giving bite-sized ideas and concept to those things. Uh, let's talk politics, my opinion on political theory, political theory, political standpoints, political events that are occurring around the world, or, you know, just discussions that should be around or that we should be having that's in relations to politics. Uh, the third one is soft skills for the concrete jungle. Uh, this is more in line with what I studied in industrial psychology, um, so generally it is soft skills that could help teams, uh, within organizations, leaders, subordinates, um, or general organizations in themselves with soft skills that can help with the efficiency of, um, running their company or running a smooth a team smoothly, or just generally ensuring that the human element within an organization is well, um, oiled in, in many aspects. Um, this will also be closely linked to my blog series, a new blog series that's coming. It's called Human Capital Development, an amateur's perspective. Me being the amateur in the human capital development world, but certain elements, certain ideas, I think we should explore as, you know, professionals in this field or just generally people in this field. And then the last one, which is where this topic for today falls under, will be, well, that was psychological. Dun, dun, dun. You gotta say it like that. Well, that was psychological. But anyways, <laughs> this one's more on psychological elements, things that are psychological, that involve psychology, um, mental health, emotions, the psyche, all those, all those elements. So this will be more random conversations that uh, might be intriguing or that might wet the palate and so forth. So that's where are evil people crazy? falls into so that's generally it that podcast wise and also a little bit of the blog that's happening uh i think one other thing you can note is that every second week i'll be dropping a new episode of the podcast so if you're listening to this on the week that it dropped uh two weeks from now i'm dropping another episode ah so yeah every two weeks so that's what i'm saying so like it's one week skip that with the next week like there's nothing happening and the week after that i'm gonna drop another podcast for you so to make sure that things go smoothly each season has 28 episodes we were still in season one this is episode 10 i hope you enjoy it 
So let's get into it. Are evil people crazy? So genuinely, I think we have to have a conversation about this so we can clear the air. But in order to clear the air, we should have some sort of perimeters and so forth. So generally, so when we talk about evil people and crazy, it's not something that I put together. So generally, people think when evil deeds are done, that the other individual had to be crazy or insane. They'll be like, oh, that person's a monster. Or what type of person could do such a thing? You know, trying to pull away from the concept that people can't do certain things unless something is wrong. Therefore, you know, they're either crazy or because they're a monster, they should be crazy or because no normal person would do this. The assumption is a crazy person would do this. So, you know, technically it's supposed to be a philosophical episode because we're dealing with um, good and evil. But, but I decided to put the philosophy away and we're going to have a discussion that is just going to be psychological, which hurts my heart, just so you know. <laughs> but anyways, yes. So this is how we're going to break it, break it down, okay? So we're going to talk about good and bad and evil. What is that? What is good and bad? What is evil? We're going to talk about crazy people or what is crazy. What is crazy? Uh, the nature of evil acts and how they overlap before we reach our conclusion. I'm going to try my best not to dwell too long because I tend to speak for long. I understand. I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm going to try and shorten it and make it good and sweet and sexy. Yeah. So let's just start with it. What is good and evil? Uh, so usually good and evil has to revolves around the idea of our morals. So morals are usually unwritten rules on what is acceptable behavior and what is unacceptable behavior. And that is usually different from society to society. And also we have different manners on deciding what is acceptable and what is unacceptable. Unfortunately, I can't dive into that because that's more philosophical and so forth. And I will better define that in the philosophy episode because I believe I have one on right and wrong or I'm going to have one on what is right and wrong and so forth you guys didn't oh sorry oh you guys didn't vote for that so it's not gonna happen but anyways <laughs> uh so we usually define what is good and evil using morals and so forth these are unspoken rules or you know general uh, societal standards of what is um right or what is acceptable behavior and what's unacceptable behavior we also use laws to somehow define our morality also but in my opinion, law is about control rather than morality. Um, you know, as a black person, you can see throughout history, genuinely so, how laws were not really moral or were not in the best interest for black people or the decent interest. It doesn't even have to be the best interest, the decent interest, the civil interest of black people. So since I'm not getting into the uh, to the philosophical part, I think we're going to de decide what is good and what's evil for the basis of this conversation. So it's quick, easy, and so forth. And we're both on the same page uh, using three th three pillars. So the first one is empathy. Empathy will be one of our main understanding of what good and evil is in this episode. So empathy is uh, generally empathetic is feeling um, some sort of a sympathy or understanding someone's emotional situation and relating to that. Relating to that as an individual, therefore not only just feeling sorry for them, but understanding um, how they feel and in trying to avoid placing such 
um, people in situations which you wouldn't want in yourself. Which ties into deontology, which is a ethical theory, which we're also going to use in this episode. Deontology is basically um, every human has a duty. Morals are decided by duty, technically. What is expected of you as an individual. We all have, there are certain acts that are right, and there are certain acts that are wrong, and as people you're expected to behave in a right manner and so forth. Um, this, can, this is also where the golden rule will fall under. Golden rule, you may ask, what is the golden rule, Lefa? What is the golden rule? You're speaking too much. Okay, let's slow it down. So the golden rule is basically do unto others as you expect others to do to you. As you expect others to treat you. Yeah. Man, you know what I'm saying. Deontology follows basically under that. So we have duties to other specific people and just generally we are working in a manner of if it's wrong for other people, if you can't, if other if other people can't do it, you shouldn't do it. Basically, so if it's wrong in almost every, any other instance of the time, it shouldn't be done, and so forth. Ah, so what is the what is the what is the phrasing? There's a specific phrasing. There's a specific phrasing. If everyone can't do an act at any time or all the time, then no one should do that act. So, for instance. Yeah, I'm probably over explaining, but for instance, you know, if you if everyone if you steal a paper, everyone should be able to take paper from work or something like that, from to steal paper from work. If everyone can't do it, then no one should do it. So basically like that. So da da da. So those will be the two pill the two main pillars. The third one will be the social contract theory or rights. Basically, uh, you have an amount of rights. Rights that we understand as individuals that you're specifically entitled to for being a human. But the social contract theory is that there are certain limitations to your rights for the better of society. So you don't have absolute rights. Your rights aren't absolute. There are limitations to them. And also one other specific, specific things is that your rights end where the other person's rights begin. So they don't overlap. So you can't do that. Hence the limitations, so forth. So basically, good and evil are within those three rules in this podcast. If it lacks empathy, you are probably being bad or evil. If it doesn't, if it doesn't follow the rules of deontology or the golden rule, it's like bad or evil. If it violates the social contract theory or rights, it is again evil or bad, bad or evil. Depending on the severity, you know, but yes. So moving on to that, now that we have a clear discussion of what good and bad is, a clear foundation, I hope it's clear, we can talk about. So yes, let's discuss now crazy people. So crazy people technically is not a PC word and so forth, uh, but I, it's in the title. So, you know, let's all agree after this, not to use the word crazy. So in the within this context, let's um, discuss people with mental disorders. So usually the way we uh, associate or decide or whether or not someone has a mental disorder is we use this tool called the DSM-5. And usually in the DSM-5, there's a bunch of, um, let's say, symptoms that you have to look up for over a period of time for someone to have a specific disorder. So in the discussion of whether, you know, evil people are crazy, uh, we usually have to look at the associated 
crazy people diseases or disorders that may be linked to being evil and so forth. And off the bat, there's sociopath and psychopath. Those are the, you know, I think those are the basically probably the most popular words um, that that non-psychologists love. But that person's a psychopath, a sociopath. And it's usually used to, dis- to dis- uh, describe how an individual is not necessarily the greatest of people out there or the greatest of person in that situation. So I feel like I should give you a bit of a background to sociopath and psychopath so we can have an honest conversation. So again, this is filling, putting meat so we can have a proper discussion, just like good and evil. So we have a discussion on the standpoint. So first of all, um, there are common traits that a, a sociopath and a psychopath have. The common traits are conceitedness, deceitfulness, and manipulation. Um, usually, depending on which branch of psychology or which faction in the psychology fraternity, because, you know, we're always battling it out like it's Game of Thrones, uh, you, you stand with, you have people who believe um, sociopaths and psychopaths are very common and very similar. Therefore, you know, they can have one heading. They usually put this under APD, Antisocial Personality Disorder. Uh, that's on the DSM-5 and so forth. They usually group them together in this, in this aspect and so forth. But you have psychologists, you know, on the other side of the, of the Great Wall of psychology who believe that these things are very different, these two, sociopath and psychopath. With a sociopath being one that is more irresponsible, impulsive, um, they live on the fringe of society. They don't really blend in well with the society and so forth. Um, these individuals are basically the ones who lie compulsively and can't keep a job. You know, they are always doing what they can to... They, they use manipulation as best as they can. They are liars and so forth. Um, it is said that the guy who, you know, the Ponzi scheme was was named after, dubbed after, coined after, was a sociopath because of how he actively lied and, you know, he used this system to... Um, this system of... of manipulating rich investors and so forth so usually a sociopath is in that um sociopaths are usually or basically they originate from their circumstances which is the background they came up with they might have had abusive back uh, childhood um or a very rough childhood per se that allowed them to like you know lose all lose most of their empathy uh, become more conceited, become more deceitful, become more manipulative because of the circumstances they grew around and so forth. Um, in America, our in general, the study says 4% of our general public are sociopaths, only 4%. Now, psychopaths, uh, these are the more calculating and, and they practice self-control. They are very organized, they know what they're doing, they're calculating, and they're the ones that blend into society well. Um, what they usually do is they gravitate to positions of authority. So like these are your individuals that tend to be lawyers, police officers, chefs, chefs threw me off, but you know, chefs, salespersons, CEOs, and surgeons, like they usually have power in the, within these positions, they have authority, and they can practice those things. Um, so sociopaths actually, unlike psychs, um, sorry, psychopaths, unlike sociopaths, I'm sorry, the words are similar. <laughs> Sociopath, I, whew, psychopaths instead of sociopaths. I haven't lost what I'm saying because I'm trying to figure out these words. 
Now I remember. Yes. So psychopaths, right, are unable to feel empathy, unlike sociopaths who are able in the right circumstances to feel empathy. Um, there's a theory that this originates from mostly because of genetics, um, that there is something they are lacking because they are lose they you know because of the genetic makeup that they have so they're lacking the parts of the brain or underdeveloped part they're lacking something that makes the certain areas in their brain underdeveloped these areas are areas that are related to um em feeling empathy or feeling emotions in general sociopaths can't feel emotions and so forth and they usually make one percent of their general public so they make one percent so these are often vilified concepts and ideologies when it comes to mental disorders. There's that and narcissistic personality disorder and uh, schizophrenia is also one of them. Uh, are you schizo? You know, those are other mental disorders that are genuinely um, placed under the evil, crazy category. Um, so in addition to that, um, Addiction and trauma are also significant psychological aspects that build into why someone might be evil or be seen as evil. But I don't think they technically count as someone that is crazy because we usually don't see them as crazy per se. And with those two elements, we are the general public can easily identify it and they can somewhat easily sympathize with it. But I felt like it was important to add because it's going to add to the discussion in general. So yes. When it comes so now, when it comes to dis the discussion itself, nature of evil acts is that a nature like an evil act generally goes against our moral code, or our moral code or our laws. They're like, ah, you I can't believe you did this. This unwritten rule that we have for many centuries or decades, you broke it. How could you? <laughs> or laws, which were which a lot of people like to use. And I, I understand why people like to use laws for morals and so forth because, you know, it is it, 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 it has consequences. It has what you should do. It's written down. It's somewhere and so forth. But laws, laws are iffy because they are ever-changing, just basically like morals sometimes. But they're ever-changing and in the instance also they're about control. And they you sometimes they never did actually have the moral. I don't like laws as a moral, as a moral um, condition. Or something like that. They're iffy in my books. So usually evil acts are self-serving goals. So evil acts, rape, murder, mass killing, unpaid internships, slavery, gender-based violence and abuse. These are all examples of like acts that we can to a certain degree agree that these are evil acts. But one common thing about these acts and so forth is that the outcome again is self-serving. The reason for these acts are usually somewhat self-serving, give or take, usually. Uh, not in all instances, usually to a certain degree, yeah? So they all have a theme of desire and control. I think if we all break it down, there is something that someone desired or something someone wanted to control that led to these things, that led to rape, that led to murder, that led to mass killing, that led to slavery, gender-based violence and abuse, and unpaid internships. <laughs> I don't care what you think. Unpaid internships is evil. It's an evil act. No one can tell me otherwise. But yes, so those are the things. So when we discuss that, when we 
realize that desire and control are common themes or when we see that when it comes to um, acts that are evil, we note that this isn't something that is limited to mental disorders, right? Like this isn't something that only a sociopath can desire. So for instance, when you, when you break down rape, for instance, if it's not a desire of power, right? It's a desire of sex. And so you can have it either way, whichever one you believe is the cause of rape. People, there, are, there are theories that say it's power, there are theories that say it's like, you know, sex and so forth. Or the basic understanding is that the person wanted sex. And, uh, so yeah, anyways, again, rabbit hole, sorry. Either way, there was a desire for something and then you went for it. Or there was a desire for control or control was seeked in that situation and some and people maintain it. And that's generally is true. Rapers, a measure of control happened a lot in war and so forth. People would rape men and rape women and so forth to establish some sort of control, some sort of dominance within the, within those communities. Same with rape for pleasure, your self-pleasure is that this individual did not consent, does not want, and you're forcing your desire, your I want, regardless of whether you say yes or no, onto them. So you can see those acts in themselves are desire and control. These aren't necessarily limited to sociopaths, psychopaths, narcissists, and so forth. Their themes are there, yes, but can we realize that all of us as individuals have these desires and aspirations for control? These themes aren't something that's limited to the mentalists, those people with mental disorders. It isn't something like, oh, I've never actually wanted sex. Hmm. Oh, I've never actually wanted control. Hmm. There's no such thing like that, and so forth. Even normal people desire for those things. So it's not limited to disorders and so forth. But then what happens? So there are a lot of things that can happen within this situation and so forth. Because if we look at it mathematically even, within the community, if you're saying 1% and 4% of, um, of the, 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 the community is like, for instance, suffers from those mental disorders, which I mentioned earlier on, that is not who, how many people are committing crimes. You don't have those people in the prisons and so forth. You don't have those people in the court cases pleading their case, their case, their cases and so forth. And not only that, you can even see with the with the with the career choices or the career paths where these where sociopaths, no, sorry, where psychopaths, the one that feel no empathy at all, those individuals, those guys. Those fields don't relatively have individuals that commit these heinous crimes and so forth. Um, surgeons, CEOs, lawyers, chefs, and so forth. They're dicks, yes. Sorry for my language. You have individuals like that. But they usually don't really show off, show out evil acts per se. So you can see it's not something that's specifically limited to those individuals. So already there it shows a crack in the idea that ah evil people are crazy. Well it's not no. In fact, crazy people seem to be doing well in these normal pursuits and so forth. And they haven't shown these elements of this of these acts and so forth. And so if we break it down, these individuals who commit these acts, you can see you have things around them that build onto it. So background and living conditions. Uh, that, for instance, if you grew up in a house where, you know, or grew up in conditions of society where it is kill or be killed and so forth, or it is 
respect over everything or it's like poor living conditions you have to steal you have to rob you have to kill and all those elements which is societies that do generally exist and so forth unfortunately you know survival of the fittest you grow up in those things desensitized and so forth and then you act on what you know and you act on how you were raised and the, the background and living conditions and so forth that is how people are countries and laws upbringing society usually shapes and forms individuals that act up easy a good example would be take your yeah, america in general like for a long time slavery was there and then after that the ku klux klan civil rights the separation so forth the treatment of black people in those societies even after slavery was still that of disdain and vile and disgust and you know people would harm them and chase them out and rob them of opportunities and you know beat them and all those elements were actively there because the laws and the country allowed for those situations allowed for that abuse it in fact kind of enforced them or allowed to understand that these people are lesser off or these people aren't the same yo they really yeah it was just generally those those ideologies and those concepts sorry man it's very triggering now that i think about it <laughs> but yeah so you have those concepts and you have and society builds on those backgrounds of conditioning individuals into acting out evilly and so forth but these individuals aren't crazy per se they are normal individuals that understand and grasp reality and use it to again work out their desires or foster control the white individual that chased the poor teeth on a black individual when he's, the sign says no colors allowed this had a sadistic desire or either an expectation of control in that situation to be able to pour this tea and to be able to yell I'll kill you nigger and all those vile accents over that discrimination the prejudice and all those things those were brought forth by living conditions and all those things even your parenting style of the style that you were brought up allows you to react to society and so forth um if you grew up in a authoritarian style and so forth where it's i said your parents said i said this because and it doesn't matter the reason i'm the parent what i say goes and if if you don't listen to me there are dire consequences when you live in that instance where there isn't room for negotiations there isn't room for love and so forth it's just yes sir no ma'am yes sir and yes ma'am and so forth all those elements you have people who then also take out this this lifestyle of like because i'm in a better position than you because i feel i'm bigger than you because i know i'm stronger than you because i have more resources than you you will do as i say which is again control in even with uh, when you have permissive parenting which is another parenting style and so forth those parents that allow people their children to just have what they want allow their children to just always get get what they want and barely reprimand them barely hold them accountable barely scold them and all those things those people carry those the same notions into society they carry those notions and they be, and they take what they want if i desire it i can have it that's how i grew up that's the lifestyle they was accustomed to and so forth and so we always have to strive for the third one which is authoritative parenting style where it is like i am in charge these are the rules i've set up this is why 
the consequences for that, but you understand the rules and so forth. But at the same time, I'm loving and sympathetic and I can understand in certain situations, which is a balance between soft and hard parenting and so forth, culturally, blah, 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 blah. Kumbaya, that is the parenting we should strive for, right? Because that allows people to view situations and understand authority and understand how you to be sympathetic and understand how to be understanding to other people's situations. So you can see how it's easy for normal individuals to act out in bad ways, vile ways, because of the conditions they are set up growing up as individuals. It, it's usually just how it is, man, is that we are... Uh, the way we grow up, the, the way we grow up is what we're familiar with. And what we're familiar with is what we're attached to and so forth. So when they, if we grew up in bad situations with bad moral or bad interactions and bad um, understanding of, of morality, we will be attached to that because that is how, what we know. That is what we're familiar with. And the unfamiliar causes people to be more anxious. I wouldn't say anxiety, but more anxious. It will allow people... People don't want to do things out of their comfort zone. I know ABC. I know if I want something, I just have to punch someone. I don't know this thing of talking out my feelings. I know this thing of, you know, if someone hurts me, I get them back. I don't know this thing of addressing feelings and so forth. We... Are attached to what we're familiar with and the unfamiliar even when it's good or to our benefit causes people to be anxious because that is how human beings interact and so forth and that is important into decision making morality and so forth and that generally constitutes basically to these ideologies of these evil acts and it was a discussion that we're, uh, that we're having, with, especially if we go back to ideologies of rape, so to say, and concepts of that, is you have individuals who believe that, you know, women shouldn't enjoy sex or, you know, that's how it's done. Like, sex is for a man's pleasure and so forth. So they begin to believe the concepts of, like, if she doesn't want it, that's how it's supposed to be. Or, like, if she's crying, that's okay. That is basically normal. And that is unfortunate that you have individuals who grow up in that with that theme and that ideology. They never do grasp the concept of it. But that's the that's the community they grew around and so forth. Where I believe I read it on Twitter where you have individuals who grew up seeing men in bars just grab a woman at the bar and so forth to go sleep with them. And they just take the one you want and you go. You don't even ask her for her consent. And you can see how if that is common within the community and society, that individual will never regard consent in is something that, you know, is something to go with because it's unfamiliar, unfortunately. So that evil act is what is familiar. It is the manner they grew up. It is the ground, the background and the ideologies and so forth. And even to new information, they might resist because unfamiliar causes them to be anxious and so forth. But they grasp the reality of it and they choose to stick with the familiar. And that's what makes it evil. You know better. But you choose because you know this is like this is how I this is what I know and this is what I like and that's the problem, and you because you want control or you're practicing your desires again the themes of evil acts. <laughs> Whew, sorry, man, I went on a tangent. <laughs> so yeah, so basically that is that is it. So which leads to like you know self awareness and understanding of reality. If you're self aware. And you understand reality. It is easy. It's in that situation where I feel 
evil can be done. Because not only are you aware of yourself and what you like, your desires and your your understanding of the world and who you are as a person, you understand your reality and you make your decision based on those two. And so you will know better. And when you know better, when you have a grasp on reality and you know better and you choose an option where you get to exploit someone, harm someone, abuse someone and so forth, that in itself is an evil act. And that is important in this conversation because People with disorders generally might not be able to grasp reality. And so crazy people don't act out in don't act out don't act out of like being evil and so forth. It's there is there's an element of reality that might be missing when we talk about other disorders and so forth. Blah 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 blah. blah, blah. But yes. So why I think normal people <laughs> in general are evil compared to the idea that crazy people are like that crazy people are the only evil people is this thing called the lucifer effect it's a theory that came up uh that, uh, that a psychologist came up with a while back he's still alive actually so you can i think you can find his ted talk on on youtube and so what he did was the i think the stanford prison experiment that is what he's known for so it's this idea um you can do i have to explain it i think i should explain it so let's start with the stanford prison experiment it's the idea that um, this guy was trying to figure out why is it that um, abuse happens in prison so often and so forth. So he had an experiment where he had um, a bunch of young men uh, that were randomly assigned as prisoners and prison wards in, at Stanford and so forth. Um, within the first few days of these assignments, so forth, the people who were jail wardens excessively abused their power but not technically physically, but they abused their power by actively like waking them up at odd hours of the night, forcing them to do push-ups and so forth. It was very aggravated. And so it was very aggravated in the ideology that because I am in charge or because I am the individual that has to look for up, uh, that that is the authority figure and so forth, people tend to exploit it. And that and they were the authority. They there was no one above them. And this Lucifer effect happened also to explain the um, Guantanamo Bay. Yes, Guantanamo Bay. Yes, and so forth. Where you have a black side where people have, have to deal with um, terrorists, quote-unquote, and so forth. And so because they were um, ungoverned, not ungoverned per se, but they didn't have to report to anyone and there was no ch chain of command in that concept. So the, ward the wardens, the American soldiers were very abusive, like, like, terribly abusive, like, the, your man, yeah, yeah, I don't know, like, they would sodomize the people, they would, they would make them sleep naked, they would, uh, let dogs attack them, they would torture them, they would, they would take pictures of them, of torturing them, they would allow them to defecate on themselves, and all those, they were, it was very deplorable circumstances. But these individuals didn't have any mental disorders. These individuals didn't even have a track record of being bad people. They were good soldiers, outstanding soldiers and so forth. But once you take away the element, and what the Lucifer, Lucifer effect discusses, once you take away the element of, you know, they are now anonymous individuals, their names were taken and so forth, uh, they are... They thought they could do whatever they want. And that is two important factors when discussing people who do evil acts, uh, which I learned also in this book that I'm reading, um, Making Evil by Dr. Julia Shaw. I feel like you guys should check it out. Um, 
people tend to when evil acts people tend to dehumanize and cause people to be anonymous and i think this is important especially with the conversation that i'm trying to have where um you are aware of reality as an individual so what you do when you dehumanize person is that you know you're aware of reality is that you can't treat people a certain way so what you do is you dehumanize them you take away their humanity to justify to yourself and to other people why you are allowed to act in the way that you do and so forth so with um for instance racism black people with white people to black people it was black people are three thirds of a man black people are uncultured have no religion aren't as intelligent as the white man you dehumanize them as an individual and so forth that justifies your abuse that justified the behavior that you have and so forth it was the same with the rwandan oh sorry the rwandan genocide and so forth um they started calling the other group cockroaches and so forth to dehumanize them to break them down and what do you do to cockroaches you can kill a cockroach and not not you you won't lose sleep <laughs> you won't forget about it and so forth so that element right is you grasp reality you realize I can't do this to another human. So what do I do? I lessen them. I make them lesser. And when I do that, it make it allows me to behave the way, behave in a certain way. And a lot of men in masculine patriarchal society do that to women. Because you are a woman, you are lesser. And because you are lesser, I'm allowed to be abusive. I'm allowed to What is the word they say when they beat women? Discipline because you are lesser. and all those things and you could see this was also in laws for instance you know women couldn't make financial decisions um marital rape wasn't a thing it was these were laws and so forth again go back to why i don't think law does morality and so these were laws and so forth this is how you dehumanize someone to justify their abuse you grasp you can't do that to a person you can't do that to a equal so you make them unequal so you can abuse them and the second thing is anonymity anonymity where you realize when i'm anonymous i can't really suffer consequences so i behave in a manner that is ungovernable and so forth when we feel like we're anonymous enough to not seek to not receive real uh, backlash or real consequences we usually allow our, our worst side to show this is where cyberbullying like skyrockets and trolling and you know generally when we are in a group of people we feel more 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 open to be more abusive because we are a group and so forth that this is where mob justice takes place and so forth for instance like you know you wouldn't be as aggressive to a mugger um on your own but now that we are a group and people are taking their turn you're going to take out your pent up frustration and sadistic acts onto that because you feel like you can't be identified and those ideologies play a role in evil acts and those themes again are not limited to people who are crazy unfortunately it doesn't these are themes that generally happen within everyone within society but mostly so someone who has a very good grasp on reality so you can see how a lack of empathy a lack of self control a lack of aggression is possible for every human and what differentiates it's between the two and so forth is that for instance a sociopath and a psychopath lack empathy consistently and so forth 
you know so they always like on the dsm5 you have to consistently have those symptoms and so forth you have to consistently show these behaviors and so forth right but it doesn't mean that you as a normal person don't lapse here and there you as a normal person have lost control you don't always have self-control you as a normal person have been aggressive here and there not excessively not for a period of time but you have been aggressive you as a normal person have lacked empathy here and there not entirely to a point where you're a sociopath or a psychopath but you have lacked empathy these are things that can happen these are things that allow for evil acts to happen and these are things that normal people can go through are evil people crazy no evil people are normal evil people can be anybody Evil people have a grasp of reality and have mechanisms to ensure that they don't feel as guilty, to ensure that they can work out these this evil acts or have these thoughts and do them anyways because they feel they want control, they want their desires met and so forth. And that is very important and so forth. So how do these things overlap, man? So first of all, I'm not taking away that some, 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 acts done by people with mental disorders are aggressive are violent are evil and so forth you have those individuals but there's not all of them because of the dsm-5 i only mentioned two there's so many disorders there's so many people and so forth and um, to be honest the amount of violence that occurs from normal individuals and the one amount of violence that comes from people with disorders vary they vary they vary tremendously and so forth Normal people act out in evil manners more than crazy people do and so forth. And even worse so, why it's probably more evil is that normal people have a grasp of reality and choose to be evil. They choose those evil acts. In, in situations such as schizophrenia and so forth where aggression or violence or an evil act occurred, a schizophrenic person doesn't really have a great grasp of reality and so forth. A psychopath and so forth, probably that could be those ones, psychopaths and sociopaths. Those ones could be your evil people and so forth. But they're, they're barely a large percent of society, number one. And secondly and so forth is that they don't necessarily have to be violent individuals. They just lack empathy. Lacking empathy and, for instance, sociopaths in themselves imitate emotions. They at least like try. They pretend. They're like, okay, I know I'm supposed to feel something. So I'm going to pretend to feel something. And they usually just strive for like authority figures and so forth. They don't act out in evil ways and so forth. People who act out in evil ways can be anyone. And generally and so forth is anyone. And it's not something limited to crazy people. So that is something to keep track of. And that's something to understand is that, A, crazy people aren't criminals or evil people. They're sick. We should understand mental disorders isn't, um, I don't know, satanic or like, you know, spawn of Satan things. So people, just as you treat someone who has a flu or, you know, um, with sympathy and empathy, it's something we should do with people who are crazy or people who have mental disorders and so forth. They are sick and they need assistance and so forth. They aren't violent. They aren't cruel. They aren't these gangsters or thugs or like you know mass murderers and so forth that we like to paint them on as unfortunately that could be anybody even you know the nicest individual you know those generally tend to be the individuals 
and so forth. That practice control and so forth. It's not always a case of these individuals that are crazy. So yeah. Um, so I think how I want to... The, a thought that I had is that um, a normal person has the abilities, you know, all the abilities to grasp reality. All the abilities and rationale to understand morals. An insane person, a sane person has this. And they choose to be harmful or they opt in to be harmful and so forth. How is that not more evil than in a crazy individual or a person with a mental disorder that doesn't grasp the reality as, as you know, they should and so forth? And that is a conversation on just generally like evil people are evil because, you know, they understand what they're doing and they choose that option and so forth. You don't... Though that seems much more worse than someone who stumbles into it because of a disease that they have, unfortunately. So yes, if anything, a prerequisite to evil isn't insanity. If anything, sanity is a prerequisite for evil. Quote me on that. Lifa. Oh, let me say it again so you can put it on your Twitters nicely and put my name on it or whatever social media you use. A prerequisite to evil isn't insanity. If anything, sanity is a prerequisite for evil. Boom! Boom! Mic drop. Lifa said that. Oh, I was, I was really excited when I wrote that. <laughs> but no, generally so. I feel like evil in itself, is an, if it's an extreme bad and so forth, you understand and you grasp that I am going to harm this individual for my gain, for my desires, for, for control and all this now. You made and internalize that decision and you acted it out that is evil you grasp there is no i wasn't sure or i wasn't in the right state of mind and so forth insanity in itself is you're not in the right state of mind to grasp reality if anything we should be somewhat sympathetic if that occurs because you don't understand the reality you're within unfortunately unfortunately because it's a disease and all those things so yes I think that would be my rough shot, probably very long uh, podcast episode on the ideas and concepts that deal with why evil people are evil people crazy. So, in case we didn't reach that point, no, evil people aren't crazy. Evil people are like you and me, you listening to this. You have the potential to be evil without being insane. You don't have to be insane, and you know it. You are aware of it. You know of the evil thoughts that you have. You've known of the times you've wanted your way and so forth. You've known of the actions where you were manipulative. You know of the actions where you've been deceitful and all those things. You know. I don't have to. You don't. We don't have to pretend with each other. We know. We know. I know you've been deceitful. I know you've been manipulative. You know. I know you've concerned with yourself. I know you've put yourself first for you know with your desires or you wanted control in the situation let's not pretend but you're not crazy you know you're not crazy unfortunately <laughs> at least then you'd have an excuse but you don't have an excuse and that's okay that's normal as long as you don't act out in these things evil people are normal people anyone has anyone and everyone has the potential to be evil we choose not to and that is you know, the benefit that we have as a society is that the ability of choice. You have people who choose to be evil, but you have people who actively choose not to be. 
in positions where you can be, you choose not to be. And I'm thankful for the days you choose not to be evil. I'm glad that you're not evil, sir, ma'am, small child, opa, whoever is listening and so forth. Keep up the good work. Um, that's how I'd like to end this episode. I will see you in two weeks' time and so forth. Yeah, bi-weekly. This is, that's a bi-weekly podcast. Um, I'm probably going to tell you next week which episode I'm going to do, but I think I'm probably going to do... I think the amateur philosophy one. But anyways, thank you for listening. My name is Leafa. This was the Rambling Leafa episode 10. Evil people are not crazy. Thank you. I truly hope that you enjoyed that episode. I hope it gave you some sort of insight, something to think on, chew on, and something to talk about within your circles. If you would like to continue this conversation with me, or if you'd like to engage me, or tell me any comments or so forth, you could always leave a message on the Anchor FM, if you're listening on that, or you could engage me on Twitter, at the Rambling Leafa is my handle, and yeah, I hope to hear from you. And also, if you do have ideas of what you'd like me to speak on, I could add to the list of, you know, requested themes and so forth, if you think there's something you'd like to hear my opinion on. So yes, I do hope you enjoyed yourself and enjoyed the listen. These were the ramblings of a madman.